the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith. Faith. Politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Red Wings earned their 10th victory of the season when they defeated the Nashville Predators 3-0 this past Wednesday. Dylan Larkin tallied his ninth goal of the season nearly four minutes into the second period. Philip Hronik, who amassed a plus-two plus-minus rating, lit the lamp on the power play ten minutes and seven seconds later, and Michael Rasmussen shot the puck into the empty net in the final minute of regulation to complete the Red Wings' scoring. Hronik, Jonathan Bergren, David Perron and Adam Ernie each recorded an assist, while eight Detroit players registered a plus-one, plus-minus rating, and Ville Husso stopped 26 shots between the pipes to accumulate his eighth win. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Yeah, let me brush the dust off me here. Hey, I'm back. And, and, and literally, I'm back. Hey, um, Daryl, what time's the game on? The Michigan-Ohio State game is currently being played. Oh, okay. It shows you how, who's winning. Ohio State is ahead 10-3 to early in the second quarter. Ah, there is you that going to run into my show? Yeah, it'll probably be about four o'clock before the show, before the game ends. <laughs> and your show has been done a long time. <laughs> hey, Ed, how's how you doing, Ed? I'm fine. Hey, you, you know, I, I'm excited about this show. I really am. I, I, there's a young lady uh, that we will be having on as a guest here shortly. Uh, she she gives me hope for the future for the younger generation. You know, there's just every now and then you meet that person that just says, "Hey." There is a brain cell left amongst that generation, you know, and uh, Kara is one of them. Kara, I, I look at as like one of my favorite nieces in the world, even though uh, uh, my siblings that make her my niece, I guess, would be brother and sister through Christ alone. But they're like some of my favorite siblings. So I absolutely love the guests coming on. And uh, so I need you all to grab a hold of a pen and paper real quick and i need you to write something down uh we will repeat this a couple times over but you'll understand why in a second um the the uh, email address i want you to write not email sorry the website i want you to write down is salas s-e-l-a-h-s dot org simple salas dot org you know what sala is right ed yeah yeah what pause, is peace yeah it, it, it's pause. a pause it's a it's a pause, it's an integral pause within a piece of music uh, that serves a purpose to let you reflect on what was just sung or going to get ready to bring you into something. But it serves a major purpose to the music. It's not just uh, it's not just a chance to take a, bre- a, bre- a breath, so to speak. It's a dramatic, a dramatic pause, so yes. to speak. 
Yes. And uh, so the SELAHS, uh, S-E-L-A-H-S dot org, uh, <laughs> say it a lot, um, gives this needed pause, this with cause to young ladies that um, find themselves pregnant and they have a choice to make. And in this state, uh, that choice can either be having the child or killing your child. And... Uh, Salus provides a, a chance and hope to women that would otherwise choose to terminate their child uh, to be able to have their <laughs> have their child raise them and everything else. And I know a lot of Christians, and I have not had a chance to talk to to you folks uh, since the election. Um, that disappointed over the election. Um, Ed, were you disappointed over the election on Prop Three? I I think you would be. Fetal position. But I'm I'm coming out of it now. We're going to talk about it finally on my show this afternoon. Yeah, um, and I've talked to a lot of Christians, and I said, you know, I prayed and prayed and prayed, and uh, hey, I prayed too. But the thing of it is, we can never underestimate man to do what's evil. <laughs> They've done it time and time and time again. Look, look in the Old Testament. How many times says, "Hey guys, wake up, stop doing evil." Hey, if you don't stop, I'm going to send a rainstorm. All right. All right, you didn't stop. I'm sending the storm. And we see it all the way through the Bible. Man is capable of doing evil. And not only is he capable, he often chooses evil over good. Yeah, Ed? I didn't want to detract from your guest and go, go down a rabbit trail. But we can think two things about this election. One, as I've heard some people say, America is done. Or two, we've been robbed. But there's also three, is that I think... There's a lot of people, I know some people who did not vote and I was surprised to find out they did not vote. And it's, 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 that's what's really disheartening that with everything we face, you know, what's the Edmund, well, supposedly an Edmund Burke quote, all it takes for evil to prevail is good men to sit back and do nothing. And we have people who demonstrably sat back and did nothing. And thus so, we have it. Here, regardless of the reason, and I'm going to go a different angle on this whether people voted or we got robbed or just uh, people are evil, is we now live in a state that um, worships at the altar of Moloch um, mm -hmm. and sacrificing our children. And um, we as Christians have an opportunity to really be a light and salt for this world and be used in a way that can speak out. And this is why... I, I am so excited to have this guest on tonight is she is not just setting back. She's doing something. And for all you folks that are disappointed that um, we voted to kill our children or allow abortion in this state, um, there's things we can do. And one of those things that we can do is to help these organizations out like Sailor's House, like, like Family Life Services. Um, we can still deal with the women that find themselves pregnant one soul at a time, or in this case, because they're carrying a child, two souls at a time. Let me introduce my guest, bring her on, uh, Kara Dollar of Sela House, um, probably the nicest person in the world. Um, better say it next to my wife. Um, <laughs> no, uh, she's super, super young lady. Kara, how are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you, Richard? Oh, I am so good. Vitamins should be taking me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, thank you for all the kind words. And uh, like I was saying to the audience is right now, for all those people that 
are upset and angry over the passing of Proposal 3, there's still things that we can do to help the babies out there, to help the infants, to help the children coming into this world and help mothers make the right choice. And that's by helping organizations like yours. And um, you have a super organization. I'm going to just give you a moment to tell what you do there. And it's a lot. So take your time. What, what is Sayla's House about? Um, well, Sayla Center of Hope, we are housing homeless pregnant women. And um, our mission is to obviously, as you had stated before, give them a place to pause and reflect um, on their past and also to be able to look forward to the future of um, hopefully accepting Jesus Christ into their life, showing them their value and worth and their child's value and worth that they're carrying, and being able to give them an education, um, whether that's helping them through the GED program, helping them with college, and going through with just basic life skills as well so that they can create a positive home for their child moving forward. One of the main reasons why I had um, started Sailor Center of Hope was working at a pregnancy center that then what question kept coming up to me in the, um, the other side of this argument. So we, I wanted to be able to answer that question of then what. So we not only house the women for a year, but we also have developed our second year program as well. Um, and along this journey, we are realizing that the state assistance isn't there um, in a middle ground area. They are all or nothing. And we don't want our families to live in poverty. We want to be able to assist them and educate them in becoming self-sufficient off of government assistance. So that's why we ended up developing the second year program to give them an extra year of having their career under their feet, getting them a savings set up so that they can go out of our transitional homes and be off on their own successfully and not returning back to where they had come from. You know, you said, you said a word there that, um, it did not go unnoticed to my my trained ear, so to speak. Uh, you talk about your homes. You, I remember when you started this, you were working hard to find a home, and then you got a home to help the girls, and now you have homes, plural. Yes, yes. So we opened in January of 2020, and everybody knows what happened shortly after that. So it was very difficult to start a brand new uh, ministry in that type of environment. But God just really opened up the doors, um, and I'm just humbled to be His hands and feet in the ministry and just watching Him work through our staff, our volunteers, um, and the women that we house. Now, if somebody out there was to find out they, that they know a young lady that finds herself pregnant, doesn't know where to go, she's asking the then what or now what question, now what do I do, um, how do they contact you? Um, so they can visit our website and request an application for our housing, or they can give us a call at 734-244-5123. And um, reaching out via our phone or our website is fine. Now, I, I got to share some of these stories just because, and I, I know I can't 
mention names and trust me, I can remember names if uh, right. you ask me to, but I'll just say, I'm not going to mention names because I can't. That makes me look like I'm not so forgetful, but I have met some of the young ladies that have been in your homes and some of their children and um, they, they are absolutely, absolutely. I, how do I say this? I think they're very grateful because they, you can see it in their eyes that you were their, basically the, how they see it is, Sale House was their last hope. And um, you gave them a choice in which then their child was allowed to live. And what's really important is meeting them is it reminds us that we are actually dealing with humanity here. These are not some shadow figures off in the distance. These are real, real people, real girls, real babies. Yeah. And uh, with beautiful souls and, you know, souls that Christ died for. And um, they're important. Yes. Yes. So important. And I think even day to day in our lives as Christians, we need to be aware of what you just said, that everyone we come in contact is created in the image of God and how we deal with ourselves, whether at the grocery store, in, in our homes, at work, or at other ministries, we really need to be mindful of that, that God created all of us in His image, and we need to value that. So if you had a chance to speak to, you know, uh, thousands of people all at once that are crying over the passage of Proposal 3, um, now, Ed only has 16 listeners, but uh, I've got thousands of listeners. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, um, and they're disappointed over the passage of Proposal 3. Yes. What would you tell them? Now is the time to get your boots on and get dirty. Don't be shy. You have to now stand up. And part of doing that is supporting your local pregnancy centers uh, financially, but also with your time. Um, we cannot do what we do without our volunteers. And God has given each of us a gift, and we are not to hide that gift. We are to shine our lights for Him. And now is the time to get active as you can and give as generously as you can. You know, I remember when you were getting the first house ready back, was that in 2020, um, you had volunteers out helping just clean up the house, paint it and stuff like that. And, yeah. and they were, they were a lot of volunteers came out for that event. And um, they were all working hard with a big smile on their face. You know, I, I work in a place where they work really hard and they make really good money and they don't smile about it. But when they were there volunteering, <laughs> people there, they're doing work that meant something. They were actually smiling while working harder than what they probably do at their normal job. Just guessing right. there. But um, there, there's, there's a certain satisfaction knowing you're doing something great. And if they want to volunteer for Salus, uh, they can do so online, right? Yes, they can apply online as well. And also, they can give us a call at our phone number. And that number again? 734-244-5123. Yes. I can remember that. It's an easy number to remember. There's a lots of fours and ones, twos, threes, and fours in there. 244-5123. Got it. At least I think I said it right. 
Um, yeah. And your website again is sales, S-E-L-A-H-S dot org, right? Yes, correct. That simple and easy to get to. So tell me what's going on now. You got a second house. Now I've been out to the first house and I helped uh, one of your volunteers out there paint a room upstairs. And uh, that's where I found out that uh, I am no I am no Van Gogh um, <laughs> when it comes to painting. But it was still fun doing it. Uh, what? So what's going on with the second house right now? Um, so the second house is where we're housing our second year residents. Um, and so they have a little bit more freedom, but they are still part of our programs and they have to volunteer still. Um, they're in college. They're working either part-time or full-time. And um, it, right now it's going very well. Um, we're very happy with the progress. Because it is a new program, we are still revamping it here and there. But so far mm-hmm. it's been really smooth and we're really happy with our second-year residents. Very good. And I'm going to say this again. Um, folks, if you're out there listening and you're just fed up because of the passage of Proposal 3 and you think Michigan's got done, well, there are other people out there like you that are upset about Proposal 3. But as Kara says, now's the time to put on your boots, not give up, jump in and start doing some work. You can help out places like Sailor's House or your pregnancy centers. Um Sailor is doing a whole lot just in educating these young ladies, making sure that they can get a job, get some education while they have their child and get into a career and move on. It's not just handing them a box of diapers and saying, okay, thank you, move on, and leaving the mother saying what's next. They're helping these girls advance uh, with their children and with their lives in a way that they become great citizens and get to know Jesus and... uh, if you want to help out, yes, uh, Proposal 3 didn't pass. So now help out Sailor's House, help out Family Life Services, help out your pregnancy centers. Um, anything else you want to add, Kara? I'll give you as much time as you need or want. <laughs> well, I think, you know, everything happens in God's timing. And um, this was what he had, he knew that this proposal was going to pass, right? So now is not the time to get disheartened. Um, now is the time to rejoice that this is not our our home. Um, we need to keep our eye on the prize and uh, just reflect that and, you know, keep living out and being Jesus' hands and feet and obeying him and not letting this hinder any one of our ministries, um, even from, you know, the, the doctors that are serving, the nurses that are serving, they are going to be under a lot of pressure um, with this proposal going through. And we just need to be praying over them um, for their safety and as they're trying to provide quality care for their patients and, um, you know, just this Keep on fighting the good fight, and it won't end. Um, we will not get any relief because we know who the ruler of the world is, and uh, but we know who wins, and so we can take great comfort in that. You know, you, you said something that just, I heard another pastor speak of this. He said something that just really, really hit home is where you said, be, be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, we're, we're told in the scripture, we are the body of Christ, and uh 
and somehow we we think that being part of the body of Christ, we're just some little innocuous cell uh, off in the background that's doing nothing. Uh, but we are called to be active parts of that body. So right. I mean, we have to be his eyes, his ears, his mouth. You know, uh, speaking for him, we have to be his hands, we have to be his feet. And mm -hmm. if we're not doing that, if we're not being part of that body, uh, we're no better than that uh, vestigial organ called the appendix. We're just there and maybe causing more pain to the body than good. So it's a matter we should be trying to do something. We should be out there trying to achieve something as part of the body. Right, right. And my husband kept saying, um, just because it's the bill is passed, you know, we can pray that protection upon these babies will still be there and that hopefully people don't act on it. Just because it's written down, you know, we need to pray and be active and be out in the community speaking in our churches. Um, four out of ten abortions are happening within our own church walls. Um, that is yeah. completely unacceptable. Where are the pastors from the pulpit standing up and telling the women that they are valued, that they have worth, we're not going to shame you, we all sin, no sin is greater than the other. So why do these women feel like that's, a, that's their only option to not face shame? And... Yeah. Um, you know, it's it just it's a whole circle. You know it all, and it's it's very disheartening that that would happen. But let's you know, let's just pray that we can create these options and these ways for these women to not have to choose abortion. You know, you, you make a very good point here. Is a lot of churches that if you find out a young lady goes out and she. Uh, has a relationship um, outside of marriage, she gets pregnant. The last place she's going to go and tell is her, her is her pastor because she's afraid of what the pastor is going to say and how the pastor is going to look at her and how the pastor is going to deal with her. And, and the next one that she won't go and talk to is the parents who brought her up in that church. And, and right. they end up getting into this cycle where they're so ashamed they don't know what to do. And the next thing you know, they're running down to the abortion clinic and uh, having that child ripped out from them. And uh, it's very easy for us as pastors to speak against abortion, but we have to be also willing to help the young lady when she finds herself in that position, not shun her, not not abuse her in the church. Um, it's uh, And there's a lot of pastors that would do that. And, uh, and that I think that the uh, pulpit is broken in dealing with our young people today. And we are so quick to shun them and shame them that uh, they're not going to come to their church for help. Right, right. Yeah, it's very sad. Um, we have actually started a program called Making Life Disciples with our local churches. Um, and we have four churches actively involved in this program. And it's training a team, they call them life teams, within each church to be equipped to help these women and these families facing these decisions right within their congregations. Um, you know, the language is changing all the time. Um, the resources are changing all the time. So having these well-equipped members of your own congregation um, really helps walk through with these women and these families um, 
within your own church. So if anyone is interested in implementing anything like that in your Bible group or in your church, you can also reach out to me via our phone number or website regarding the Making Life Disciples program. It's absolutely amazing, and it just helps you walk through with the the women and the men, um, and then also post-abortive counseling. Um, You know, we can't forget about the post-abortive, and the it does it doesn't affect just the woman. It affects the man. It affects the grandparents. Um, I've had members of our own congregation um, suffering, grandparents suffering with the decisions made without them even knowing. Um, hey, Kara, they- we got the music starting. Can you hold over to the next half for us? Sure. Thank you. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Pistons earned their fifth win of the season when they defeated the Utah Jazz 125 to 116 this past Wednesday. Bohan Bogdanovic scored 23 points, nailed eight free throws, and snagged five rebounds. Kevin Knox recorded 18 of his 21 points from behind the three-point line. Marvin Bagley tallied 19 points, nine successful field goals, six rebounds, and two steals. Alec Burks registered 18 points, drained four three-pointers, and buried six free throws. And Jaden Ivey accumulated 16 points, six made free throws, five rebounds, and six assists. Detroit outscored Utah by 17 in points off turnovers, 10 in the paint, and 9 at the free throw line. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, because I can't do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Gimme, gimme that thing. Silent breed is people! We gotta stop them! That additional noise in the background was brought to you by Ed, who doesn't know what buttons he's pushing. Nice move, Ed. Slip of the mouse, slip of the mouse there, but I got to know. <laughs> okay, yeah. There's the ding. Give me that ding. We'll edit it out for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you never do that. You always say, well, edit it out. I'm, no, glad you, I'm glad you don't, because it's if you show, kept, what do I care? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad because <laughs> if you started editing out everything you said you were going to edit out, I wouldn't have but a five minute show, and yeah. that would be the intro and the outros. <laughs> there you go. And Derek hey, you, Sports, Derek yeah. Sports. Hey, are we so due what, for a score update? Yeah, Ohio just scored another three. They were tied there, ten to ten. Now it's thirteen ten, Ohio. So no reason to watch. Just listen to the show. No reason why. Yeah, we'll keep you up to date. Michigan is going to grab a uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. So, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Don't say yeah. that because I, I always think back to when Michigan State beat them with that, on that last play of the game with the kick. Just, well, you know, you you've got to be being a Buckeye there, uh, Phil. You've got to be uh, in seventh heaven now that Buckeye is ahead by three. 
Uh, I think I told you I'm a, a shameless homer. You know, I, I root for the, co- the the cause where I live, except oh. for the Lions. So you, <laughs> no, you, root for, you root for Homer. So you're a Simpsons yeah. fan. Got it. Hey, you had, hey, Ed, before uh, we went to break, you, you wanted to ask Kara a question. Um, well, it wasn't so much ask Kara a question, but to make a, a point regarding the conversation. And that's that we have women who in the church, we're talking about, you know, the number of women in the church who have an abortion. So Mm -hmm. obviously we have women in the church who have had an abortion. Now, whether they still stay in the church, I don't know. We don't know because they don't advertise that fact. So the point I'm getting at is if we were to actually accentuate the fact that there is forgiveness for any sin, as, as heinous as they might be, then women who have had abortions, whether they're a member of the church or outside of the church, would be able to ask for forgiveness for that sin, repent of it, and then perhaps be able to share the horrors that they endured during that sin rather than hiding it in a closet and setting an example for the young ladies who are facing that choice and thus leading them into something like Sela House. Yeah, and, and before we bring uh, Kara up, and that's going to be real soon here, uh, I just want to make this on that same point is, you know, in the Christian church, we emphasize on how God is so forgiving and how he'll forgive any sin. And yet within a lot of the local denominations, you always find one or two sins that just are unforgivable within that pastor's mind. And uh, he latches on to that. And therefore, it's almost like, well, all sins are forgiven except the, this one that the pastor doesn't like, Right. As pastors, we shouldn't like any sin. We shouldn't call anything that God calls sin as good. We we should not celebrate sin within the church. But uh, we also, at the same time, have to understand that we have a loving and forgiving father who gave his son to die on the cross to pay for all sins. And uh, I'll tell you what, if the Lord paid for my sins, the sins that these young ladies or young men who are facing uh, early pregnancies um, coming in, uh, their their sins compared to some of mine are, are probably aren't that bad. Uh, if you were to look at an earthly level of things, in the end, they're all sin, and in the end, they're all stuff that God finds to be terrible and so bad that He had to come to this earth and die for us. Hey, we got Kara Dollar from Sala House. That uh, email address. Someone texted me and asked me if I could slow down on the website address. It's S is in Sam E. L A H is in Harry S is in Sam dot org Sailor's House. I think I spelled that right. Did I spell that right, Kara? Yes, you did. <laughs> right, thanks. So um we were talking earlier before the break on how churches are are kind of uh in a lot of ways, letting the these young people down. And you mentioned in there that it's not just women that are suffered by uh, the loss of a child in an abortion, but it's the young men too, or the men. Yes, I think people are still surprised at um, the effects that it has on the men. These men sometimes are carrying this guilt of, I drove my girlfriend, wife to the abortion clinic to abort my baby. And they also are full of shame and guilt in this process. And, um, we don't want to forget about them. They also are just as deserving as the grace and mercy that God gives us all. And, um, you know, part of our program and our hearts is to also serve them. 
And um, it's very, very important that for the family unit and for these men to also receive healing is to also involve them. Um, And not just them, but the grandparents sometimes are suffering as well because they also feel like, well, if they would have told me I could have done this, this, and this, or if I would have done that, maybe they would have come to me. And so there's this ripple effect um, and the mental health issues that come with this on all spectrums. Um, We also want to minister to that concern as well throughout our programs. You know, you, you bring a valuable point to, to this conversation. And this is a, a, a testimony that I don't share with often. Uh, I believe I've shared it with you in the past, Kara, but it's not something I, I put out there. But uh, I, I think in this conversation, it might be worth me sharing this testimony. Long before I met my beautiful wife, and I was a young, stupid idiot. I don't know how many smart idiots there are out there, but I was a young and stupid idiot doing living a lifestyle I shouldn't be living with. And uh, the young lady I was dating at the time got pregnant and uh, she got an abortion. Uh, I didn't know about it until after the fact. But uh, the, the morning is not just belonging to the woman. And she goes through a lot after an abortion, even though she willingly went in there. You still have this mourning. You still have this grief period. Uh, that grief period is there for the man, too. Um, yeah. It's a child loss. And, and, that's, and, and, and you can't go to anyone and talk to them about it because it's so taboo, especially when I was younger. It was, I mean, that was taboo. You, I mean, it still is. You shouldn't be doing this to your child. But you didn't have anyone to go to. No one to talk to. And this is a service you offer, and I think that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's definitely important. And, you know, on the other side of it is, um, you know, if the couple does decide to keep the child, um, also offering help and services to the men as well. We can't house the men, but we also want to equip them with an education, helping them further their knowledge, um, and minister to them, and having male mentors and pastors that will come alongside these men um, who are also going through the same thing that our woman is going through. So, um, you know, just the family unit as a whole in this world has crumbled. And, you know, we want to be able to edify it biblically as much as we can um, in the families that we work with. So you're you're not trying to do away with the nuclear family. You're trying to support it and give avenues for a family to come together as a complete family. Yes, if it's a healthy situation and if the both parties are willing, we definitely try to foster that as much as we can. Um, I'm not one to let the guy sit in the car while I'm ministering or counseling the woman. Um, I have gone out to the car and knocked on the window and asked men to come into my office as well, um, you know, with another staff member, of course, but being right. able to let him know that we care about him just as much as his girlfriend and that we want to help him as an individual and as a father, I think speaks volumes um, and gives them a value and worth and, and a voice, a voice in this decision. And that's really important. Yeah. Do you ever 
Do you ever find yourself in a situation where the girl's there because she wants to keep the child, but you find out that the man wants her to um, terminate? Yes, actually quite often. Um, and that's where, you know, we want to be able to minister to the man of the importance of stepping up and being accountable for his actions just as much as the girl is. So um, placing that responsibility and letting him know that we can come alongside him and helping helping him in certain ways, they're normally just as scared as a woman and have just this amount, the same amount of questions as a woman does. And being able to ease his concerns alongside with the woman um, it is, is a way to minister to them. And um, we're really grateful to be able to do that and be educated and equipped enough to provide that for them. Now, this is a very important question. You hear a lot of times the people that are uh, pro-abortion say, well, if you are so concerned, uh, why don't you adopt the children? You offer help in setting up adoption programs there, don't you, for those girls that want to adopt the children out, right? Yes. So we um, are trained um, to be able to help counsel the birth mom in the process of an adoption plan. Um, we do believe in open adoption, and uh, we try to facilitate that as much as we can if that's the best option for the mother and for the baby. Um, I would definitely adopt all the babies if, um, I know if that you was would. financially feasible. <laughs> the you know the state, and this is another thing that um, I think personally that the church can come alongside of and helping um, families within their churches who want to adopt financially support them in that decision and mm -hmm. um, helping them through that process because it is it is so difficult to adopt. And it's really hard to find um, families who can afford that and have the heart for it. Okay, we got about 10 minutes left here. So other than money, because it takes a lot of money to run two households. I mean, you're running, mm -hmm. well, more than two houses. You've got girls in every house. Each family is their own household. Yeah. But you have two houses that you are running multiple households out of. Um, yeah. That, or, yeah, that takes money. And it takes a lot of it. Uh, so you can definitely use help there. But then the mothers in the homes have needs, right? They have needs for maybe diapers and maybe uh, food um, if they need it. Yeah, what whatever a basic household um, operates off of, we have two of them that are operating off of it. And like you said, um, times four for both houses. So um, it's a lot of paper products, um, laundry soap, diapers, wipes. Uh, yes, all the above. All right, folks. For those of you who say, hey, I'm mad that they're doing this to the children, help the children out. You've got an opportunity right here at Sailor House. Um, these are this is a, a, these are homes that are helping young young ladies make that choice. I read a terrible statistic, and uh, I've read it more than once. By the time a woman hits the age of 40, two out of three uh, women in the by the age of 40 in the United States, will have participated in an abortion. That number is horrible. Terrible. And here we have people like Sailor House that's willing to help these young ladies out, so that's not an option. Um, 
I've had uh, dear friends of uh, yours and mine, Ed, call me up and say, "Hey, who can we who can we help out with? How who can we um, volunteer for? Who can we send money to?" And you may know some of the same people I know that ask that very question. Sailor House is an excellent point to it. I uh, absolutely love you, Kara. You are one of my favorite Thank people you. in the whole world. You know I don't keep that a secret. I make that very open and honest that you are definitely one of my favorite people in the world. And I want people to help you. So I'm going to give you uh, another short moment here before we break up uh, of how they can help you, phone numbers, websites, and needs. Okay. So our phone number is 734 244 one two three. Our website address is salas.org, S-E-L-A-H-S dot org. And if you want to volunteer or know of a woman who needs housing, um, you can uh, do you can apply for both online on our website. And all of our needs are also financial and um, physical items, like we said before. Um, so whatever a basic household runs off of. We need it. Thank you so much, Richard. Oh, thank you, sister. And you have a blessed day. Now, I know you're busy. I'm going to let you get back to work. But uh, thank you for everything you do. And thank you for all the volunteers and all the board members and workers at Sailor House. You're doing a fantastic job out there. And thank you for helping protect those children. Thank you. We're honored to do it. Have a good day. So, Ed. What did I do wrong now? Everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, like, what don't you do wrong? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I know you and I both had the same people call us saying, oh, what, what addresses to what groups can we deal with? Mm -hmm. um, there was another situation where someone, I sent somebody who was very local to Ypsilanti. I recommended that they they wanted to help. They could help out at uh, uh, Family Life Services. And now they got kind of worried because on their... On their clinic thing, it says, you know, discussions about abortion. And it, went, it opens up this discussion. They says, well, what? They're supporting abortion. No, they're not. But people who go to websites who are looking for an abortion, they're going to go to a site that says, hey, you want to have an abortion? We can help you talk about it, right? Yep. Their, their point Those is not to talk them into it or even approve of it, but to give them options around it. And um, all these groups are doing fantastic. Uh, and that's like the tags that you put in search engines so that people will come and, and visit your your particular website. And, and we do that with uh, pregnancy help centers also, mm -hmm. well, like Family Life Services. And it's basically, yeah, the, the left says we're tricking people into coming there, you know, by posing that they, they might get an abortion there. And, oh, they get counseling. That's what they we're telling them. They get counseling. Abortion, abortion counseling. And yes. uh, th this drives them night because... <laughs> They're tricking them into saving their baby's life. How terrible <laughs> is this? You know? Um, during break, Phil, Phil asked a question. He says, what are we talking about? Are we talking about how to put an end to this? Folks, we got a long way to go. You think RV Wade was bad? Proposal 3 is worse. What is allowing is worse. And in many ways. In many ways. And it just means that we, uh, we have a bigger battle ahead of us. It doesn't mean we give up. It doesn't mean we throw our hands up. It means that we we still start looking. And, and here's the thing. 
if we push, and I figured this out, if we push real hard that we're going to elect people that are going to overturn or find ways to deal with Proposal 3, get it back on the ballot or find loopholes in it that says this is wrong. If we find those politicians and we say, hey, this is what they're going to do, then we have, well, the devil out there saying, hey, this is what they're going to do. And the next thing you know, we have them all show up again. We, we, best way to deal with this is not necessarily just picking one, and I'm saying that this is very important, but we, we elect honorable people all the way around. We, we, we elect people that loves humanity, that wants to serve humanity in the position of, of government, and that they want to do so upright and not for self-serving purposes. Because if we put people in for self-serving purposes, for them to get their paycheck, they'll kill whoever you want them to kill. Mm -hmm. So we get honorable people. What do you think about that, Phil? Well, I just would like uh, some things like what goes on in the public schools right now is is if they were able to throw out people that believe that Christian or biblical immersion could help with homosexual behavior, what did they do? They threw them out. They threw Christians out because they were teaching God's word. They didn't, they didn't, they don't have the access that they had 25 years ago into the public schools. And what do we have in there? We have uh, uh, transsexual uh, strippers in their school giving guidance to our kids. So what, I, what I'm saying is we've got, to, we've got to have some kind of way where we get our public schools to teaching what we believe should be best for our children. Other than that, what we've got now, we don't have any alternative to uh, what they're teaching. The, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the people in the public schools are against people like this wonderful lady you just had to speaking with. She's willing to do, do whatever it is to try to get her, the word out but it ain't, it's not very much that the, that the schools are going to allow you and, and people like yourself to get to the kids in the school. And this is where they're learning the idea that it's a, it's a woman's body and not there's a baby inside that woman's body that is a completely different person. And who suffers in this is not just the kids that are aborted but the next generation because they won't have they'll have less and less protection through our government through constitutional limits on that government you know i'm going to change the subject just for a bit because we're coming close to end of time here i was just going through sailas website sailas.org s e l a h s org and I went to their blog you, uh, when you get to the site you can go to their blog and um, there is a site there for those of you who shop at Kroger's um, 
there's a shop there that they have community rewards at Kroger's where a portion of what you purchase, they donate to special causes and you can set it up for them to give to sailors. Um, that's one way. You're, you're going to buy food, right? You eat food, don't you, Ed? All too, all too much. Yeah. Phil, you eat food, right? Uh, within so, limits. Within limits. Um. <laughs> If you could see me on Skype, folks, you would understand that I have no aversion to food. Um, <laughs> you like food, don't you, Derek? Of course I do. I, I'm <laughs> I, I, I'm not exactly as thin as I used to be, so I, I can vouch for being a lover of food. Yeah, So, and, and guess what? You generally have to buy that food unless you're a gardener. Um, and if you shop at Kroger's, you can go to the Sala site, go to their blog, go to the community rewards, the Kroger community awards. There's a link right there. It says, click this link. Boom. You're right there. And you're helping them out just by getting fat. You got it? <laughs> <laughs> just by the food you'd buy. And while you're there, if you want to pick up some daily household items. And chips. And chips. <laughs> But daily household items like diapers and toilet paper and paper goods and stuff that you use for cleaning houses and stuff like that. And you want and to donate those to sale and, and, and chips oh, that you can eat on your way to sale us. Um, yeah. Guess what? You can you can donate that and that helps me a lot. Derek's giving me the finger. So that means it's time, <laughs> folks. I love you all. We'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio 